Rebel News is hitting back for the arrest of David Menzies by taking Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland, the RCMP, and York Regional Police to court. An all-ages taxpayer-funded organization in Nova Scotia is making sex products available to minors. The delayed trial of Freedom Convoy organizers Tamara Leach and Chris Barber is off the docket again after returning to court for just one day in the new year. Hello Canada, it's Thursday, January 11th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Rebel News is taking Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland, the RCMP, and the York Regional Police to court following the arrest of one of its reporters, David Menzies. The incident unfolded on Monday during a memorial service in Richmond Hill dedicated to the victims of Flight PS752. Menzies was apprehended by law enforcement officers while attempting to question Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland on a public street. The arresting officer alleged that Menzies had assaulted a police officer while walking alongside Freeland. However, Menzies was later released without any charges, leading him to speak out about the incident in an exclusive interview on The Andrew Lawton Show. During the interview, Menzies vehemently denied that he committed assault, Rebel News founder Ezra Levant announced on X the media organization's intention to file a lawsuit against those involved. He said Rebel would be suing over false arrest, false imprisonment, malicious prosecution, and assault. The charges have yet to be proven in a court of law. Incidents like these make it very obvious whose side the vast majority of the legacy media is on. Even organizations like the Canadian Association of Journalists have yet to speak out about Mr. Menzies' arrest here. These organizations, which are supposed to have been created to protect the interests of reporters, are all but silent on this issue. And I think Menzies is a reporter. He was out there doing a reporter's job, questioning a lead public figure in Canada, Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland. From what I see in the video, it is evident that Menzies did nothing wrong. Perhaps he was standing in the wrong position, but the charges of assault seem like a total fabrication. Now, Lindsay, Rebel News has taken this to the next step. They have promised to take the parties involved to court over this incident. Do you think this move is litigious, or is this the right way to seek justice? Cosman, I think this is why it's really delicious when we get video evidence of this kind of incident. Because if we had just seen some sort of written statement about how, you know, rebel reporter David Menzies assaulted a police officer while he was chasing Christia Freeland, um, probably no one would be on his side. Um, But with this video being released and... You know, for the footage, from what you can see, 
Uh, yeah, he did nothing wrong, and it, it looks like the police officer actually purposely stuck out his arm to try to kind of encapture David Menzies. It's almost like the evidence is there. And, you know, on a side note, just how you watch Christia Freeland ignore, like completely ignore him as she walks by. And this is not, you know, particular to her and Rebel News. Like, this is, I guess it would be more with independent media. Like, politicians just straight up ignore independent media. Well, you know, I should say liberal politicians, NDP politicians. Um, And I don't know, is this something specific to Canada? Because when I was in Australia in 2018, I went on this show on the channel ABC, and the show was called Q&A. And on that show, you know, they have commentators, academics, and elected officials on the panel. And then they have a live studio audience. And the audience can stand up and ask a question directly of anyone on the panel. And, you know, of course, it's vetted and um, and all that. But still, I can't really imagine that becoming part of Canadian culture. The politicians feel like they don't have to answer to us here. Um, so when I was in Australia, even though it was a couple of years ago, I really felt like, okay, there's like a greater connection here between politicians and people um, that seems to not exist in Canada. <laughs> A Nova Scotia sexual health organization that has received federal and provincial funding offers free-of-charge lubricant, flavored oral sex dams, and other adult products to all ages. South Shore Sexual Health is an education and resource center based in Bridgewater, Nova Scotia, that describes itself as free, non-judgmental, and confidential for all ages and genders. The All Ages Center has a variety of programs, including a free transformation closet for transgender individuals who want to receive chest binders, prosthetic penises, and other products used for what proponents of gender ideology call gender-affirming care. One of the chief programs run by South Shore Sexual Health is a safer sex supply service to people, including minors. We give out free health supplies to all ages and genders when resources permit. Reach out to us if you need anything and we'll let you know if we're able to fulfill your request, reads the South Shore Sexual Health website. The products include both female and male condoms, flavored dental dams used for oral sex, packets of personal lubricant, and other sex products. In a frequently asked questions section on its website, the organization also tells minors that they do not need parental consent to begin gender transformation practices like chest binding, in an attempt to hide their breasts so that they can appear to be male. Among the supporters listed by the organization are the Government of Canada, the Equality Fund, Nova Scotia Health and Wellness, the District of Lunenburg, the Town of Bridgewater, and the Nova Scotia Community Health Board. Cosman, I recall you wrote another story similar to this one back in June um, that was also about an organization in Nova Scotia. So what's going on in that province? Right, so in the summer, I wrote about a Nova Scotian youth organization called the Youth Project, which has also received taxpayer funding, providing gender-affirming items like prosthetic breasts, artificial penises, and chest binders to youth under the age of 25. Similarly, that organization also advertised itself as being open to all ages and even directed and even directed people from its website to various kink and bondage stores. 
one of the retailers advertised by the taxpayer-funded group to youth was called Origami Customs, which sells BDSM gear like harnesses and collars and includes images of nude models wearing their products. So to answer your question, what's happening in Nova Scotia, I'm honestly not really sure. It is, after all, a province that does lean heavily liberal. But on the other hand, these organizations do seem to be a bit more radical and out there than in other provinces. There are plenty of sexual health centers throughout Canada in places like Ontario, British Columbia, Alberta, which don't take the extra step of advertising adult sex products. This particular organization, the South Shore Sexual Health of Nova Scotia, also has an attached sex store where it sells what it calls pleasure therapeutic toys, including bondage and kink products, vibrators, and other sex toys. And from my understanding, the strange thing is, is that most adult sex shops in Canada prohibit entry to minors. Although, uh, I tried to look into this a little bit, and there's no legislation requiring them to do so. However, age of consent laws can apply in certain instances. So I actually asked South Shore Sexual Health to clarify whether their sex toy shop was also open to minors or all ages as the other services it advertises are. And unsurprisingly, I got no answer. So my assumption is that, and honestly, it looks like from the homepage that it is just part of the general building. I'm not sure. I haven't been there. I live on the other side of the country whether it's completely separated from its center, but they refuse to clarify on this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. After returning for just one day in the new year, a judge has halted the trial of Freedom Convoy leaders Tamara Leach and Chris Barber. The trial has already exceeded its originally planned duration by months, leading to the need for rescheduling. The court must now determine a future date for the resumption of the trial. Initially slated to conclude within 16 days, the trial, which began on September 5, 2023, has faced numerous delays. Contributing to the delays was the extensive time the Crown required to call up witnesses and the defense's challenge to a $290 million class action lawsuit filed by Ottawa residents against the convoy leaders, which their lawyers said was designed to silence the leader's right to free expression. The most recent session, the sole one scheduled for 2024, focused on the contentious debate about the admissibility of transcripts from a February 2022 injunction hearing 
when the protest was still ongoing. Council will meet next week with trial coordinators to schedule day 35 of the proceedings. The Crown has remained determined to prove that Leach and Barber influenced protesters' actions through their words, suggesting a co-conspiracy. The defense has dismissed this accusation as unsubstantial. Leach and Barber are facing several charges related to the 2022 protests, including mischief, counseling mischief, counseling intimidation, and obstructing police for taking part in and organizing the anti-mandate Freedom Convoy. Truly seems like this trial will never end. But in other developments, Lindsay, I'm not sure, but have you seen that Tamara Leach is back on Twitter again? Yes, Cosman, I have seen that. Over the Christmas holidays, I started reading Tamara Leach's book. Actually, it's called Hold the Line. And the book is giving me an appreciation for her role in organizing the convoy because when you're on the other side of the country, because I'm in BC, you just kind of think, oh yeah, okay, all these trucks drove in to Ottawa. And that was that. But really, she was a logistics planner and she had, you know, all these stops planned out. Who's meeting who at this point? What day are they arriving where? Um, Who do they need to talk to? What supplies do they need to get? You know, she actually was doing all that behind the scenes. And, you know, at least for myself, I didn't have an understanding of that really before reading her book. So, uh, yeah, I just need to finish the second half now. That's it for today, folks. Make sure to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Also, please keep an eye out for The Andrew Lawton Show later today and ratioed with Harrison Faulkner. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.